You're a successful business owner or entrepreneur. You love it, but it consumes your entire day and sometimes your entire night. This is the Seven Figure Builder Show. It's a backstage pass to the minds of those who've already cracked the code. Welcome to the Seven Figure Builder Show. And now your host, Julie Baranek. All right. Welcome to the Seven Figure Builder Show. My name is Julie Baranek, founder of Seven Figure Builder, where we help high achieving business owners save time in their schedule every week by implementing marketing automation to grow and scale their business to seven figures and beyond. Today, I'm here with my friend, Ella Ray, and I am so excited to have you on the show with us today. Thanks for having me, Julie. My pleasure. So for people who haven't had the pleasure to meet you yet, can you tell us a little bit what you do with your business? Yes, I'm a personal brand consultant who is primarily focused on the personal branding, personal style, but also the voice training part, specifically for female coaches. Awesome. So you cover a wide variety of different branding expertise, right? Which of those would you say is your favorite? Oh, thank <laughs> You love them all. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I really do geek out about all three of them. Otherwise, I would have not incorporated that into the business because I think I can only be of service to other people if I am absolutely geeking out about the stuff that I do. I don't do anything that I just like or that I am somewhat good at. I have to be like really crazy about these things. Yeah, I, I think that's so important in business in general. I mean, if we aren't passionate, truly passionate about what we do, you get bored. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it comes through and you know, your energy's flat and you don't really engage in what you're doing. So the more you can geek out about it, as I do as well, I think the better off you are. Very true. So where are you located now? Currently, as I am a digital nomad, I'm traveling across Europe. We are currently in South Italy, close to Bari. And it's very beautiful, very, very beautiful. Specifically this place, and I will be talking about specifically this place a little bit more. Um, I will most probably start a separate blog about all my travel adventures. So my audience can be uh, excited about that part as well. Yeah. How long have you been a digital nomad? Two years now. Two years. Awesome. So of the places that you've lived and traveled, where would you say is your favorite? I think I will always, and my heart and soul will always go back to my hometown, Almaty, uh, back in Kazakhstan, where I was born. So far, I have traveled um, almost every country in Europe. I've been to the US, uh, not yet to Asia or Africa or the Latin Americas, but I do plan to uh, visit all all the places in the world. But why um, my hometown is so important is not only because it is very beautiful from the nature side, which I'm very much in love with nature just in general, but also the people. And I have not met just yet a group, a big group of people located in um, like one village or, and this was a very tiny li- village, right? At 100 or 200 people max. Wow. Um, and this village was specifically built for the families of the astrophysicists who were working there. So it was not even a, an official village or something. It, it was very uh, far away from everything else. Uh, the big city, right? Um, and my my dad is an astrophysicist, so that's why we were located there. 
And we have been very much um, isolated by pretty much everything. And the specifically the Kazakhs that I met in, in that place were so peaceful. And maybe that's where I get my peaceful part from because it, it was very, very peaceful in that place. And I have not yet found another place where I feel as much as home as I felt there. So I'm still looking for that place. <laughs> in your travels. How long did you live there? Yes, yes. Uh, I was seven when we uh, moved to Germany. That sounds like an incredible place. I've not been there yet, but uh, it sounds absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I want to go back at some point. My son always tells me, oh, let's go back to your place. I want to see it. Aww. It sounds like a paradise. <laughs> yeah, I was telling sure. him, it is, it is like <laughs> a paradise. Indeed, it was. Nothing more beautiful than that. That particular mountain range where we grew up is just, yeah, it's um, soul crushing in the, in the most beautiful way. Wow. So how do you uh, traverse with the languages? Are you fluent in multiple languages? Do you find that a struggle as you're traveling to different countries? Not at all. Uh, I'm fluent in only three languages and I used to study uh, a lot more languages. I was um, My major was uh, South- Southeast Asian languages. Um, my major was uh, Indonesian language, uh, Thai uh, language. Um, I also went through Tagalog, which is one of the Philippine languages. Um, I also touched on Arabic, um, Korean, all during my studies. And I was a geek when it came to languages. When I was around 12, I found my love to languages. So I urgently wanted to study multiple languages and just get to know how languages work. So during my travels, I catch up on new languages pretty quickly. And it's it's just another passion of mine that uh, is is really great to have when when you are traveling. Absolutely, absolutely. I I love languages as well. I am not fluent <laughs> like you are, but I have much respect for the fact that you are. <laughs> do you, you do you find it um, as you're picking up new languages and you've obviously studied lots of different languages? Do you find it's more pattern based in your mind, or how do you so quickly pick up a new language? Um. It is less the pattern or the logical part or the grammatical part that um, plays a big role in all the languages. And that's kind of the the adult way to learn languages, to sit down and study the vocabulary and the grammar. I'm more of a, since I'm an auditory learning type, I catch up on the music of the language. Mm-hmm. I catch up on the sound of the of the different languages, which is one of the reasons why I studied Southeast Asian languages is because they are tonal languages like uh, Chinese and Thai and Vietnamese, for example. So this means every tone means something different. Mm. Uh, and it, it always has sounded like music in my ears. And I always wanted to learn what they mean and how they articulate themselves. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very rich for me to experience that. Yeah, that's so cool. And you mentioned learning types. How do learning types play in with marketing and your branding? Well, that's that's actually a pretty huge one uh, that I learned myself very early on um, uh, when I was back in university. And there are different learning types. If, if you want me to uh, showcase all of them, there's the visual learning type, which most humans are, meaning you catch up on things with your eyes. You learn and you memorize things through your eyes. 
right? And um, most people would say that men especially are visual <laughs> creatures, right? And there's uh, another, uh, the other learning type that is auditory, it means uh, you pick up on sounds, you learn through uh, sounds, through the voice, how things uh, appear in your ears, right? That, that's your memory lane, if you will. Uh, then there is the reading and writing people who learn best when they read something or when they write something. And that's also one of my learning uh, types. I very much enjoy writing and reading. And this is just um, a, a combination that I use also very much in my work. And uh, when I determine, uh, for example, a specific brand type for someone, I always go back to the learning types and try to find out what kind of a learning type this person is and also what kind of learning style this person has. Because this will be very much important for later on the social media content creation um, or just establishing yourself as a personal brand on social media, but also offline, on stage, when you are a speaker, for example. It will all play a role. So I do dive deep into this area. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so critical to know what your personal strengths are and um, be able to use them for your content creation and your marketing. Otherwise, you feel like you're constantly pushing a big rock uphill, right? <laughs> if you're trying to do somebody else's learning style or whatever somebody else is comfortable in, and that's not your sweet spot, it just makes life that much more difficult. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, as you said, uh, you need to find your learning style and learning type to know where you will shine the most. So if you are someone um, who is an auditory learning type, for example, you will most probably be very good with podcasts because that, that will also communicate very well with your voice. You will most probably have a, um, a dominant voice or that will be kind of your signature, if you will, uh, with which you can attract the right clients into your business, right? On the other hand, if you are a visual learning type, you will most probably be very good at YouTube and with videos and stuff like that because you will naturally be prone to create visually appealing stuff, right? Same with writing. If you are reading, writing, learning type, you will most probably be really good at writing and attracting people with all the words and phrases that you use uh, and showcase your kind of passion and talent and purpose with this medium specifically. And I think many people um, make the mistake to believe that video is king now and we all have to do video. But in fact, you can do video in many different ways. You don't have to show your face all the time. You can also use only your voice. If your voice is very dominant, very signature-like, you can also only attract the right clients with only your voice. And uh, since Joe Rogan has done it before, right, or has shown how it's done, he's a good example of that, right? And many more who are, who are showing through their character, voice, and personality that you can attract a lot of people into your world. Yeah, I, I find that I'm a combination of a couple of them, as are you, but I write everything down. So reading, writing is very important. I'm definitely more visual. Um, my auditory memory is horrific. So my, my husband knows that well. I write everything down <laughs> where he has a memory. He hears it once and he remembers it forever. So it's funny how our personalities are different, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have had the pleasure of working together on a course, right? The mm -hmm. social media breakthrough workshop. Yes. And I, I know as we were working through that material, this is definitely more your sweet spot where I was learning off of the information that you had. 
but we created a quiz in there, which I found so super helpful. Like I didn't really have any idea what my learning type was when we first started talking about it. So I found that quiz that we created to be incredibly helpful to help people really understand what their learning type and their learning styles are and how they play in with their content creation on social media. And so it's not so painful. So uh, music, how does music tie in with people's branding? I don't think people give it a lot of attention as far as the styles of music and what they use in their content and how it can evoke certain emotions. But what would you recommend for people? Hey, real quick, it's Julie. I just wanted to say thank you for listening every week. I absolutely adore you and so appreciate your time and your commitment to the show. And I truly love creating free content for you to grow your podcast and your business. And if you want to take our relationship to the next level, I know I would, or you just want to monetize your podcast without ads or sponsorship, hop into my free web class that'll show exactly how. Just go to sevenfigurepodcastbuilder.com slash monetize. And I will see you there. Now back to the conversation. This is actually has, it has become a very huge thing uh, ever since the internet uh, came up. And we had brands before, like the very first luxury brands, Louis Vuitton and so on, have been created uh, long before uh, the internet was born, so to speak. Um, and they had other means of attracting, uh, clients into their businesses. But ever since we have the internet, um, and especially TikTok, music plays an enormous role in that because, uh, as you said, music evokes different emotions and based on your brand archetype, uh, which you should know if you want to build a personal brand, you can only use a very specific type of music. Uh, to attract the right clients into your business. I see that a lot uh, when I uh, browse through uh, social media, uh, even big coaches um, are kind of making the mistake. Of course, they may not know enough about music to make the right choice, um, but they oftentimes choose contrary music to their brand archetype which then creates confusion. And every time you create confusion for your listener or the viewer, they will not be attracted to you because in order to build trust with someone, you have to pave the way. You have to uh, show the way without any obstacles, without any stones or any kind of problems in the way. So it has to be like a very straight and clear way for your ideal client to see. And because music evokes emotions in people on a very, very deep level, unlike art, for example, you have to be very careful and very conscious about your choice. So there are different music genres. I could like talk for a million (laughs) hours about this, but just to give an overview, there are different music genres um, from pop music, to rock uh, and metal, uh, you have uh, jazz, you have uh, Latin music, and you have world music. So there are five to six major, and you have classical music as well. So you have six major music genres, and you have to ultimately go deeper than the genre itself. You have to go to the micro genre, right? To or even uh, deeper than that. And I don't want to 
go into that very much, <laughs> but just to just to make the listeners very much aware of the fact that you cannot choose a music genre. For example, if you are a female coach and um, your your selling point or what you are selling is relationships, for example, but you choose hip hop for it. Hip hop is generally not known. There are exceptions, but it's not generally known to build relationships, right? It's all about wealth. In hip hop, it's all about wealth most of the time. And you can recognize that in the videos, especially. Um, so if you are a relationship coach, you either have to choose music that has already in their lyrics something about relationships, and there are specific pop music, for example, oftentimes uses uh, lyrics that talk about relationship, lost love, and um, heartbroken um, phases of their lives that they describe. So you can already recognize by the lyrics what the song, where the music is about. So you have to match your niche, your coaching niche, with the musical niche, the micro niche of the music. Right. This has to be aligned. Otherwise, you will again create confusion. And I feel like <clears throat> I feel like this isn't something that's talked about. Right. We all try to find music to match our videos and to go background, you know, sounds, et cetera, for what we're producing or creating. But I per personally, this is something I struggle with. And I don't think there's a lot of information out there for people as to what type of music to pick. We usually just go with our gut. And it's like, That's what I like. Right. So you assume that somebody else will like it, too. But to your point, it can create a lot of um, experience confusion, customer confusion of you're evoking certain emotions, but it's not ultimately driving them to where you want them to be and what that next step is in that experience, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what I notice generally on social media when it comes to using music, not only for coaches, but in general, people tend to use trending music right. uh, for their reels and their videos. And I have talked extensively on my blog about this as well. Uh, this is the worst thing that you can do because when a trend comes, it will always die very quickly. So if a song is trending right now, it will be trending for a week and then uh, people will hate it because it has been trending <laughs> for so long. Yeah. People have been hearing it for so long. It can tire the ears and people can get sick of it. So you don't want to use trending music. Unless it is very much aligned with your niche, as I said, and it's aligned with the musical micro niche that you pick for your brand archetype specifically. What you want to do is also not use music that you love because that can, again, not be aligned with your brand archetype. Uh, and I can give an example. If you, for example, you are, your brand archetype is, uh, the caregiver right and this is a brand archetype that loves to care for people and uh, parenting coaches or relationship coaches are pretty much caregiver brand archetypes or at least partially right because that's that's kind of a caregiving coaching part um, in itself when, when it is about relationships and caregivers are very much into building relationships maintaining and growing relationships so, but if at the same time you uh, absolutely love black metal, for example, this will not work. Right. Right. You cannot be a caregiver brand archetype 
and use black metal in your reels. It will not work. It, it will uh, create a big confusion in the brains because how a person grows up with what kind of music the person grows up, it will be expecting certain things. So in, in people's brains, we already have boxes about everything, about people, races, cultures, uh, gender, music, um, food, languages, about pretty much everything, right? Even colors, right? And this is also a thing that I see uh, across international um, accounts on social media is that uh, people from different co uh, countries try to look like someone that they are not, mm -hmm. right? So if someone is, for example, a coach in India, they should not try to look American, especially if their audience is not American. And I see that uh, happening all the time. They have to be proud of their culture and they have such a rich culture and musical culture where they can feed their videos with, right? And portray and present their culture, especially if their target audience is Indians. They are very proud people, very proud of their own culture. So if you come... Uh, come ahead with Ed Sheeran uh, music, <laughs> there will not be a lot of balance, a lot of harmony, yeah. right? Um, or uh, Cardi B, right? It <laughs> will not work just because it's a trending song maybe that she just released. It will not work. So this is also something that people and coaches need to be aware of, uh, the culture that they are from, the language that they are speaking, the language of the target audience and the musical culture that they are from, not only they themselves, but also their target audience. They need to be aware of the culturalization, the musical culturalization that their target audience has been um, raised in. I think along with that is um, being your authentic self, right? We hear so much about that of just be you. And we feel like we need to mimic or model other big people that are out there in the industry. And that you see success means that, right? So I need to look like that. And I need to feel like that in my brand, when ultimately, that's not your brand, that's their brand, right? <laughs> so the music ties in with that, if they're, you know, big, powerful music, and that aligns with their brand, that may not likely be your brand. And that might even overpower or um, make you invisible to your ideal client. Right. If someone has established themselves as, let's say, their brand archetype is the ruler and they are using a lot of big name hip hop artists on on their videos and reels, it's a match. Right. They have a big brand name already. So it is a good match to use big name brand uh, hip hop artists, for example, or musicians just in general that align with their brand archetype. But if you are just a starting out coach it is not necessarily the best thing to do. Just like with, I'm thinking about uh, like all the um, voice contests, right? Or talent shows that I'm passionately watching uh, <laughs> where you can see people who have not a big voice, right? Not a big singing voice, but yet they try to sing Whitney Houston, right? That's, that's yeah. the same big mistake that I see people could be doing when they are just starting out and they are thinking that if I use a, I don't know, a big name musical artist for my videos, my videos will go viral and I will be popular and I will have a million followers. That might most probably not happening, not be happening. Um, 
you have to build from the level that you are at, also musically, because this will help your audience to recognize your authenticity, your level of authenticity, and the type of uh, personality, your mission, your vision. So for all these little pieces, there are so many that we've talked about even in these last few minutes that most people, I think, struggle with. Is that something that you help people align, you know, their brand archetype to what type of music they should have to all the visuals, their colors, right? Is that part of the services that you provide for them? Yes. Um, and I see personal branding as kind of the holistic approach. I always like to the holistic stuff. Uh, it is not only the internal branding, right? The mission, vision, and everything that you internally build for your brand, what you want to do, what you want to sell, who you want to serve, all the type of stuff, but also the external part. And for the external part, and I don't see that quite uh, often uh, out there from personal uh, uh, consultants, personal uh, brand consultants, that they also incorporate all of it not only a logo, beautiful colors and fonts, right? That's kind of the standard. But in order to really help people to stand out, you also need to consider their personal style. And a very big one is your voice. And I say that all the time. And this is a good guideline for me as well. 55% of all communication is nonverbal, meaning your body language and your personal style. That's just facts. And people, People might find that scary or wrong because we should not judge people by their cover or something or the book by the cover. But that's just the human experience and reality that we have to marry, right? We, we cannot divorce from that. It's just facts, right? So you can use that to your advantage, right? You can use your body language. You can use your personal style. And then 38% of all communication is what we hear. It's not the words that you speak, but the way your voice sounds, uh, even what type of voice you have will have a big influence, what voice type you have will have a big influence on what kind of people you will attract. And that's a really funny and even scary thing, uh, right? And there are for females, there are four voice types and for males, there are also four voice types. Uh, which most people are not even aware of, as le at least not in the coaching or business space. Uh, so you can all align that. And the rest, 7% of all communication is what you actually talk about. So the actual <laughs> words. The content. Right. So, <laughs> yes, they are like the least important or interesting part of all communication. So if you are aware of that, you will pay attention to your body language, personal style, how your voice performs, whether it is a healthy voice or whenever you get go on stage or you are in a video and it starts cracking or you have a nasal voice or you have um, a raspy voice, um, you have an, uh, an old voice or even a sick voice developing vocal disorders which can hinder you from simple speaking which i witnessed on um, multiple even big name coaches who are coming to age and the voice ages naturally that's just something we cannot do anything about it but we can help the voice stay young as much as possible so whenever we are talking a lot like we have to do as coaches right not only <laughs> yes. on podcasts like this but also in courses when we are creating the videos uh, when we are going live 
which is especially important because we cannot edit that type of video, right? And so it's uh, it will leave an impression. However your voice performs, it will always leave an impression. And the first impression is very important. So my focus is on these three things. The personal branding itself, the personal style, because it's 55% of all communication, and the voice, how it sounds, how it performs, but also what you say. It, it is really important. The last 7%, if you don't nail that, if everything that you say doesn't make sense and is only confusing and you overwhelm, your listener with too much information that is just not important for them, there will be no sale at the end. Right. Because you don't continue to build that confidence. You end up losing that confidence mm-hmm. through all the different pieces, you know, as you're speaking with people. Yeah. So I remember early in my career, I took a um, presentation course, actually multiple presentation courses. And I felt like personally, that was one of the most valuable things I have ever done in my career and never would have dreamed the ways that I've been able to utilize that. For me, it was just, hey, how do I move up the corporate ladder? But what are some tips that you would give to people as far as having that presence and being able to communicate communicate clearly um, and be able to successfully communicate to people. So one of the things that I notice a lot when I go through videos or with clients is that they make their insecurities on different levels seen by their body language and their voice. Right. And, and body language, most mostly for humans, at least, plays a role around the face. So the face will be the most important frame, if you will, with which you build trust. And if your insecurities show in micro expressions that most humans do register, you might not be able to kind of refer to them after the conversation, but you will pick up on the frequencies of these microfacial expressions and you will have a feeling, oh, something was not quite right with this person. I didn't feel really comfortable with this person. I cannot pin it down, you know, because it was subconsciously noticeable, these expressions like disgust, hate, um, fear, all these types of negative emotions you can express with your face without even noticing. So when you become aware of what your face is actually doing during a conversation, <laughs> you can win the battle, the sales battle, if you will, right? So this is a big like part and frame that people need to be aware of. And also their hands. If they don't know what to do with their hands, then be more expressive than you feel is comfortable, Right. Uh, you, you cannot hide your hands because that means you have something to hide, right? So whenever you are articulating something, whenever you are teaching something, just like I am doing now, I'm feeling very comfortable with myself. So I'm using my hands to um, to make a point, to also uh, support whatever I'm saying. And this is funny uh, because humans do learn visual in that way as well. So the auditory information that you are getting from me right now I can support through the visual because people mostly are visual and I do even emphasize the the rhythm of what I am saying which helps you to digest all the information if you want to add the the part of the voice how people can be aware or what major mistake I see people do is 
add filler words. This is a huge one. If you can eliminate all the uh, filler words like um mm, and stuff like that, you know, you, you can already create a beautiful speech without the junk and the trash in between. And for that, you have to practice and just do it every day. Start speaking just on the fly. Record yourself. This is a big one. Always record yourself, either video or audio, and listen to yourself. Check with yourself. How does your voice sound? Would you believe yourself if you tried <laughs> to sell me a pen, right? Uh, record the video. Watch yourself. If you feel uncomfortable watching yourself, your viewer will feel uncomfortable as well. And it's not because it's weird seeing yourself on camera. It's because you are uncomfortable. And that's the scary part. People pick up on the little things that you don't want them to notice, but they do. They always notice the, the little tiny things about you, which is totally scary and understandable why most people don't want even want to record videos because people pick up on everything. Yeah. You have to just throw away your insecurities. I know that sounds very easy to do, but I remember I worked for a while as a, a professional photographer and mm -hmm. in the portrait sessions and the weddings and all the work that I was doing within the first five minutes is generous within the first 30 seconds of trying to work with somebody, you can instantly identify, I could instantly identify their insecurities, right? So like mm -hmm. if they don't want to smile with their teeth, obviously they're insecure with their teeth. If they're covering up their stomach, if they're like, you can instantly identify where people are, are insecure. And it was my job as a photographer to highlight those things, meaning to make them look good. So I would see those insecurities and I would pose them a certain way to make sure that, and I didn't even talk to them about it as far as I see you're insecure with <laughs> X, Y, Z, right? You don't want to make them feel more insecure, but I would go above and beyond to make sure that whatever it was that I knew that they were insecure about, that I would help to make them feel like a million bucks. That is very similar to what I'm trying to do in my work uh, with clients through the exercises that I give them and through the knowledge uh, and transformational or inspirational, motivational uh, things that I tell them to open up and to show them that they are enough, right? Mm -hmm with what they are already having or bringing to the table that is already enough to make a big impact on your audience as big as it is now, right? Yeah. Because you are growing also constantly. Yeah, but I think that's a great advice to just record a video of yourself and then um, shut off the sound, right? Just watch the video without the sound, yeah. watch your body language, watch your expressions, watch what you're projecting through the video, and then watch it again, shut off the video and just listen to the sound and listen to your voice. And what are the filler words? Um, the one <laughs> that really helped me, and I'm always working on this is when I transcribe these and I have to go back through and make sure, you know, my, my, uh, my automation hasn't screwed up the words that I'm saying, but I can also see all the filler words that I put in there. So that's something that really highlighted to me how many times I say the word right or <laughs> different, you know, expressions that we use without even thinking about it. Like, oh my God, I say that way too often. So I've been trying to uh, be more cognizant of that. And that's just, you know, building your skills and speaking, but it's yeah, kind of comical when you actually listen to yourself. It's similar to like when your kids start to parrot things that you're saying and you're like, I, I didn't realize mm -hmm. I even said that. And it opens my eyes to it. 
yeah, being a parent is the best exercise that you can get. Of self-reflection and mirroring yeah. back to you what you do. That's a very brutal one, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So with automation, what role do you see that that plays in your business? And what do you see in the future of automation and artificial intelligence within uh, marketing and branding and business? I see it in my business as uh, one of the most important parts. Uh, I have not integrated every possible automation um, way that there's out there, but I do plan on doing that because time I found the hard way is one of my most important assets in this life. So I want to spend my time with uh, my kids most of the time, but I also want to be able to be 100% refreshed and uh, on point with my clients. Uh, and I want to focus on client work and not everything that is around. I'm not a technical person anyway, uh, so I've always been struggling with that. So if automation is able to take that off my hands so I save time, money, and nerves and, and all that stuff, that uh, is definitely something I'm really looking forward because I'm feeling that this is one of the major things that will change business as we know it. And with not only AI, but also all the other programs that we are seeing right now that help business owners uh, do CRM, email marketing, and all that stuff is really huge and really lifting my spirits because uh, I feel it's really, really important. Um, and I know that you will play a big role in that as well. <laughs> I would be happy to. I think one of the, to add to that, one of the biggest benefits um, of automation, in addition to freeing up our time, right? Like that's the one that is the most obvious to me and be able to have that time to spend with your family. But I think yeah. one of the hidden benefits of it is it forces us to become organized and it forces us to become, to create a process, a repeatable process and look at what it is we do every single day in our business and what can I take off my plate, right? What are those things that I just do over and over and over again that would be awesome to just give to somebody something to take care of for me and to be able to perfect those processes because you don't want to automate or speed up a broken process, right? That's just going to wreak havoc in your business. So it forces us to become organized and forces, again, that process that you can then put into an automated system. And uh, as I joke around, my friend Jarvis helps me all the time with doing the automation behind the scenes, but it really, really will help free up your time, which then gives you that time back for your family, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So on a more um, personal level, what is your proudest achievement that you've accomplished in your life? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, and it's a hard question uh, because I don't think I have a big pride in me or identifying things that I believe I did specifically great or well uh, or that I focus on anything huge or specific to to achieve or to, to show i'm always kind of the person that is um better behind the scenes um and rather seeing others achieve a lot 
So this is where where I personally shine. So one of my proudest, if I had to answer that question, would probably be my kids. Yeah. Because uh, I think I do invest the most in them of all the people that are around me. And uh, that's the most important part. Yeah, I would agree with that. I know it It seems like the easy answer, but it's the most real answer, I think, because they truly are our legacy, right? Like the things we do oh, yeah. in our business are incredible and you are truly changing people's lives and the work that you do. I know I've had the pleasure on working with you on my branding and help taking my my initial proof of concept of my business and help you know, form it into a more mature, sophisticated brand, which is what I had inside of me that I wanted to project through my business. And you really, really helped bring that to life and um, help me with that transformation. So you're, the work you do, I know you're very humble in what you say about your business, but you are truly talented in the work that you do. So I greatly appreciate that. But I can also fully identify with if my kids are screw ups, <laughs> it doesn't really matter what I do in my business because that creates more of a mess, right? <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it was really an honor working with you. You are really an exception when it comes to human beings, I feel, at least in my world or to me. Um, it's always a pleasure. Every time we meet, every time we work, is uh, I feel like you can handle it. And this is so refreshing. This is so good to see someone who wants something, really wants something. And is also not only willing, but also able. I mean, your skills, that's the reason why we work together. <laughs> so it has started as an honor and continues to be an honor to be around you and to work with you um, and to continue building your business, our businesses together. It's It's really great. Thank you. That is awesome. I, yeah, I think the same of you as well. So thinking ahead for your goals and your vision of your business, what do you see next on the horizon? Oh, wow. Something very, very exciting. Um, I do plan on building the Brand Master Club to something elite um, or in into an elite form of coaching for female coaches. This is a very important um or has quickly become a very important part of my business that I see a big future for. Because not only because I excel the most in this type of environment and the type of work that I can do with people, these kind of uh, group coaching one-on-one -on -one things, but also because I believe this will bring people the most results, the biggest results, the fastest breakthroughs, I am not patient, um, not at least not in, in business. I can be very patient, but not in business. I want results quickly. So, and I want those quick results for my clients as well. So I will create something that will give them these quick and fast results. And so I will build uh, structures in my business that will realize that goal. And your the Brand Master Club, I know I'm honored to be a part of that, is, do you vision, tell us a little bit more about it, but do you envision it, um, is it live group? Is it that one-on-one -on -one connection? What is it within that club for people that aren't a member of it yet, but I'm sure will be soon? 
it is a group coaching program, first of all. And I think the biggest chunk or the, the biggest benefit of that club is that you can go live with us on a weekly basis. So we will be auditing your business on a weekly basis. And you can ask us questions in all the areas of business that are important. Uh, like branding, marketing, sales, automation, personal style, voice, just about everything, right? And I do intend to uh, cover more areas to make it kind of a holistic uh, group coaching program so that you don't have to go out and look for a financial coach or a mindset coach. All of that, I want that in my club. I want to provide that inside of my club. And one of the other parts of that club will be a members area. So people will not only be able to ask questions and immediately get the, the answers in the most personalized way, which is, I feel, very unique in that space, um, but also a members area where we will create content for them that they can actually use for their business, not just um, random templates that. I see most of the time being created and just smashed into a members area, but personalized guides, worksheets, templates, really what you need, right? And also a Facebook group, of course, to communicate with other members, to collab, to network, to pour on each other and support, uh, which I feel is really, really important on that level. Um, and all that will be realized on a very, very low price, which... I intentionally did, at least for the first 100 ladies that will join, so that I give those coaches who need it the most but don't have the most money, give them the instant breakthrough, right, to excel them right away into a level where they can breathe, where they can relax, and then think, oh, what do I want to invest next in now that I have consistently earned income or still are consistently earning income. That's that's the goal with this club. I love the vision of it. And I love the community aspect. And I know personally, I've found great success throughout my career in surrounding myself with people that are smarter than I am, and just pulling that information and learning from everybody around me, and then incorporating that into whatever it is that I do next. So I really love the Brandmaster Club and how it um, brings in a community of experts to help people that are struggling in their business move their businesses to the next level. So for those that haven't signed up for the Brandmaster Club, we will have links below so you can sign up and take advantage of the low price of the first 100 people that join the Brandmaster Club. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? A very hard question again. <laughs> it's hard to put into words. That's why I'm thinking. Uh, I think one of the most important things ever since I'm a child has been for me to be a good human being. Whatever that means for, for people, I think there is a fluidity of definitions. But for me, that has been always incredibly important. To never hurt anyone, but on the contrary, to lift others up, to support, to uh, give them the strength that they might not feel just yet. So being the vessel, being the source of hope, uh, of purpose, of passion, energy, um, love, 
love is always a big one for me as well for uh, and with in between uh, different types of people not only partners or anything but love between children uh, between mom and child uh, between friends uh, so that that's a very high level on which i think of it so i think this is the most important that i can be of service to people and lift 1 million or 8 billion people up like if if you want to put a number on it, <laughs> I would really love to be remembered as someone who was able to lift eight billion people into the next era of love, hope, passion, freedom, uh, and all those good things that make you feel alive and human. Love it. Aim high, right? Have big goals, big dreams. <laughs> it's the only way to achieve them. So if you had the attention of the world for five minutes, what would you say to the point of raising up 8 billion people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was immediately my thought, that you are beautiful inside and outside. You need to remember where you came from and you need to never forget where you are going. You need to put intention into every breath that you take because you never know when it might end. Remember that you are beautiful inside and outside, that you have the ability to show that to the world in every breath that you take. Love it, love it. Well, we will reach 8 billion people with this and get that word out to them. So how can listeners support you in your work? We mentioned a few ways, but where can they find you online? They can find me on my website. It's lra.com, very easy. Or on my socials. I'm pretty much everywhere. Uh, you, most of my, my handles are LRA Brand Consulting. So you will probably find that in the links as well or in the description, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I have all the links below. So you can check out LRA. And if you feel like you're struggling with, we mentioned earlier, your learning styles and your learning types, you can definitely check out the social media breakthrough workshop. We'll have links for that. You can hit me up on sevenfigurebuilder.com. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you, Ella, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much, Julie. Awesome. My pleasure as well. Listening to the Seven Figure Builder Show with Julie Baronick. Julie cut her teeth consulting for Fortune 500 companies worldwide, and now she's redirected that knowledge and power to support entrepreneurs like you. She focuses on relationship-based lead generation and the magic of podcasting. If you're looking to elevate your business through storytelling, branding, and efficient systems, well, you found your new home. It's what we do. If you enjoyed the show and got something from it, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at 7figurebuilder. Find the website at 7figurebuilder.com. And to learn how to automate your podcast with Julie, find that site at 7figurepodcastbuilder.com. See you next time on the 7 Figure Builder Show.